So in this episode of our podcast, Lisa and I are going to talk about the leadership retreat that the deacons and the session elders and also um, some of the committee chairs went on this last week. Um, just to bring people in the church up to speed on what we were up to out there at San, the San Damiano Retreat Center. It was beautiful, and it was it was a big retreat. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. I think we had some really great conversations, and um, the church more broadly should definitely be a part of those conversations. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I was really impressed with the stamina of our elders and deacons because we yes. put them through their paces, especially on Saturday. So yeah, Saturday was a big day. We covered a lot of ground, but it was good. It yeah. was all very, very good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. So what were some of the things that you noticed, uh, Lisa, in the retreat as far as takeaways that you that you kind of picked up on or that that things that were important to you? Things that were important to me. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated about the retreat was we had um, different presentations on different topics by different people, different leaders in our congregation that all kind of came together and fed into the central theme of transforming FPCC into a community spiritual hub. And so we mm -hmm. kind of looked at different elements of our spiritual life, different disciplines. Um, and it was so fun to see the different strengths of the different presenters kind yes, of manifest yes, themselves absolutely, um, and have that diversity of skills and interests um, yes. and inclinations, but all kind of coming together and ultimately serving the same goal. I thought it was yeah, a little yeah. picture of the kingdom of God. And that it was, was really, yes. really awesome. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, all of the presenters, and it was it was Andrew and Rebecca and Lisa and then Susan Kester, uh, who took on various aspects of or various spiritual disciplines that are important to our tradition. So Andrew, obviously, for obvious reasons, talked about music. Uh, Rebecca talked about liturgy. Lisa talked about study. And Susan talked about mission and service. And I think in every single case, what we were able to see is really how transformative that particular discipline was. For example, with Andrew's discussion of music, we could really see, for example, the way that music through its repetitions really is this incredible mnemonic device that helps us learn and, and keep, you know, learn and keep a hold of, a grasp of a new language. So for example, when we sing hymns, when we sing praise songs, we're hearing a language that we aren't normally surrounded with every other day in the week, and yet because of music, we're able to really retain that, those words and those phrases, and they can really become a part of our life. I think the other thing, I just, he used this term at the, at the retreat that I just loved, and it was emotion painting. Yes. And what he was trying to get at is the way that, or what he, what he did get at, I don't want to make it sound like he was trying, <laughs> he succeeded. <laughs> Um, what he was getting at is the way that music invites us into different emotional experiences. And I know for a lot of people, uh, music can be, a, you know, can be an opportunity or a way to really plumb the depths of our feelings about things. And, you know, especially when those feelings are not maybe, again, sort of in our regular day-to-day -day lives, maybe they're not feelings that we're supposed to express. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking mm -hmm. about sadness, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are moments of such beauty and um, just very moving moments with music where you really allow yourself when you're listening to it to feel those feelings of sadness or 
um, and to allow yourself to go to that place. And that music can really give you a language to express those complex things that you're exactly. sometimes feeling that you can't otherwise articulate. Exactly. Um, that was my real takeaway from Andrew's yeah. presentation. And it's so true in my own life. Yeah. There are songs that I will gravitate to when I'm, when I'm feeling down and I need to just like get that out of myself. Right. Um, right. There are songs that I will gravitate to when I'm feeling nostalgic or, right. or joyful right. in a particular way. Right. Um, so that, that really rang very true. Yeah. It's me. very, it's very permission giving, you know, it's, yes, that's um, it. and I've often thought about that when I preach about, you know, what are the different types of emotions that I'm trying to give people permission to experience. Yeah. And especially sometimes those emotions that for one reason or another, we don't give ourselves permission mm -hmm. to feel, mm -hmm. um, that's an opportunity to do that. So, yeah. So, I mean, there were just you know, we could sort of run down the list. I mean, <laughs> Rebecca's presentation on liturgy, which is, you know, looking at the parts of a worship service that um, that follow a certain pattern, for example, like a prayer of confession or, or, you know, a call to worship. She did this great job of just talking us through how these different parts of the worship service train us or give us almost sort of our forms of spiritual habits that open us up, for example, to listening to the word when it's time for the, you know, the reading of scripture and the preaching. And it was just really, it was really well done. It was very interesting. Absolutely. Um, one of the things she had us do was she paired us off in small groups and assigned each of us a different portion of the order of worship. So um, the anthem or the scripture reading right, or my right. small group got the assurance of pardon piece. And yeah. we had this fabulous conversation. And in the end, we concluded that the assurance of pardon is the cornerstone of the whole service. Yeah. If, if you <laughs> yep. don't yep. have that assurance from God yeah. that, that you are you are welcomed into his presence and sins are forgiven and that is all set aside. Yep. You can't hear a word from him through the scripture or through the message. You can't approach the table for communion. You can't do any of these other pieces yeah, yeah. if you don't have that yeah. assurance. And to have that weekly as a routine part yeah. of your experience yeah. with God, that constant renewal, um, we just found so much value Yes. In that one yes. little moment uh, in the order of worship. And it was just, it was this incredible conversation that we were able to have that I don't think we would have had at all if Rebecca hadn't been facilitating that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you, through liturgy, you, you know, you enter into rituals and like I said, sort of almost habits, like spiritual habits where mm -hmm. you're, or reminders, maybe that's a better way of putting it. It's like every week you have this reminder, you have the reminder to confess, you have the reminder that you're forgiven. You know, the um, uh, Jeremy and I were given the uh, we were given the passing of the peace, oh, and we yeah. talked about we. T I mean, for us, that seemed like the central part of the. <laughs> but we really talked about how it reminds us that people, you know, that people are embodied creatures, and that there's something very special about shaking a person's hand or giving them a little hug, and that also that you know this forgiveness that we've received because of the passing of the peace comes after the assurance of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Is, is a moment for us to then extend that to other people and to really want the peace that we have to be something that they experience as well. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was really, I mean, it was very thought provoking, all of these different, um, you know, these different, you know, I, I loved uh, Lisa um, is not gonna toot her own horn, so I'll do it <laughs> for her. 
But she did study, and one of the things she talked about was the challenge that scripture and scriptural study represents. And especially when we when we do it in concert with other people, and we really have that opportunity to listen to other people's opinions, and maybe even more so when we use sort of patterned ways of reading scripture that that remind us, or I don't want to say force us, that's you know that that encourage us to really stay in the text for a while. You, mm-hmm. There was a you, you had a great graphic of a. A tea bag in a cup of tea, and that that idea of steeping in the word, and you know, not rushing to judgment, not rushing to apply, but to really allow it to sort of work on you, to meditate on it. I thought that was very powerful. And Susan's, um, you know, Susan on the one hand had a wonderful testimonial, but on the other hand, this idea of you know mission as something that we are called to do. And that is a gift to us at the same time. Yes, and that I think one of the big things in all of these different uh, these different presentations was just to talk about the power of the tradition to transform us in different ways and to shape us. Absolutely, and that was absolutely what I was hoping we would get out of it because at least one of my aims for this leadership retreat was to have people sort of fall back in love with the tradition and to and to feel assured that what we're doing here has incredible meaning and incredible purpose. And to invite other people into it is to give them a gift. It's not to impose upon them. It's not to, you know, um, do something negative that we should be afraid of doing, but it's actually to invite them into this, this incredible tradition that has so much to offer. Yes, indeed. And that can be part of the challenge sometimes because it it's easy for it to look like it's a hard thing to do, that it's an off-putting thing that you, you know, you kind of drag your feet, but that it truly is an invitation. And there is far more of blessing and gift in there for each of us than there is of drudgery or hard work or anything else. And so to communicate to everyone that it's an invitation. It's an invitation yeah. for you and for me, but for our broader community as well. Right, right. And the thing that you're being invited into is a is a good thing. You yes. Know, a thing that will that will change you for the better. Um, yeah, and I think that was – I think another part of the program that I liked was um, on Friday night when we were when we were looking at things like – you know, the good housekeeping list of, you know, here are 20 self-help books that you should be reading. And we were looking at the mission statements of the various yoga, yoga studios in our area and really pondering the fact that, you know, people who are not actively engaged in a church community right now, that doesn't mean that they're, they don't care about spiritual things, that they're not interested in, you know, growing in faith or growing their spirits or growing, you know, becoming more moral people or more ethical people or self-transcendence or, you know, any number of things that we tend to associate with what it means to be Christian. You know, it's clear from the kinds of books that people are buying and the kinds of um, activities that people are exploring that they really are longing for those kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. And so not only do we have something that's really a gift to give someone, but people are open to that gift. You know, they're, they're looking for those kinds of experiences. And I think that's a really helpful thing to realize in a context in which we often think like, oh, people don't care about church. They don't want to be associated with right. Christians, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
people truly are seeking and many folks may just not know really where to look or right. where to find. Right. And I think that really helped inform our discussion later in the day on Saturday that people do want to be here. Yes. It's not yes. that people don't want these experiences. It's not that people don't want to be at church. Right. But there are obstacles getting in their way. Yes. And so we had a great conversation about identifying some of those obstacles and starting to kind of um, think about what can we do in regards right. to those obstacles? Right. How can right. we help remove some of them? Right. And a lot of that has to do with um, the conversation that we'd had the night before where we looked at Mark's gospel and just the important role that people played bringing people who were ill and, and in need of an encounter with Christ to Christ. And really thinking about, especially the story about the, the friends of the man who was the paralyzed man who broke through the roof to lower him down mm -hmm. into this building where Christ was so that he could have that encounter. And thinking about the church as, it's not that we are Christ, but we are the people who bring and who carry and who break down obstacles so that other people can have that encounter. And you're right, the conversation that we had about the obstacles that mm -hmm. exist for people were really great because we both acknowledged the fact that, you know, people, a lot of people work on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. work so much that Sunday is their only day off. So acknowledging those practical realities that people, those practical obstacles, but then also looking at the perceptions of the church mm -hmm. that, that function as obstacles as well. Yeah, folks have had negative experiences with church in the past or have been influenced by hearing about other people's negative experiences right. with church in the past. Right. So it's not just the physical stuff, it's it's the intellectual and emotional stuff exactly. as well. Exactly. But as Lisa said, it was a really great conversation and I was so proud of our leaders because they really had that conversation from a place of empathy and not mm -hmm. blaming people. Mm -hmm. So they weren't blaming parents who are worried about giving their child a leg up in, you know, th you know, through, you know, through Sunday sports for example, so that right. they would have a better chance to compete on a varsity team in their public high school or a better chance at a scholarship or mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that is driving the parent to invest or even just ensuring that their child has a peer group that they feel is a yeah. safe peer group, you yeah. know? Um, people weren't judging parents for that. They were recognizing that, you know, this is part of the zeitgeist and the church needs to, again, we need to be about breaking through those obstacles to help people have that encounter. Exactly. I heard from a lot of folks a genuine desire to meet people where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that that was really wonderful and such a credit to the leadership of this church yes. that they that they came at that issue of obstacles from this from this very empathetic place and uh and they were really thorough <laughs> coming yeah. up with their list yeah and uh and you know we have this we have the beginnings of some of of some or some steps that we can take to move towards some solutions mm -hmm. as well which was really important I look forward to continuing that conversation into this year. Yes, and yes. moving forward with that. Absolutely. So yeah, it was a it was a great it was a it was it was tiring. <laughs> it was it was yes. draining because it was really intense. And then of course there was uh, one point when we realized during Susan's 
uh, Susan's presentation that the thermostat in the room was set to 78. So that was that was a moment when we, we realized that maybe some of our fatigue had to do with the temperature in the room and not just that we were thinking all these really great thoughts. Um, but it was really, it was wonderful. And it made me really proud and happy to be a part of this church. Yeah, me too. It's such a valuable thing to be able to step away out of your daily life, out of your daily context and situation and get a little bit of distance and yeah. um, have some of these deeper focused conversations without the distractions of everyday life. Yeah. So, so we hope that this little recap of the, um, of the leadership retreat uh, gives you some insight into what we were up to there. And, but if you, or, but if you have questions and you'd like to hear more about um, what went on, you can talk with any member of the staff, any of the elders, any of the deacons, and they can fill you in. Oh, yeah. We'd be happy to share our highlights.